Section seventy nine of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part seventy nine. Of the street sellers of pipes and of snuff and tobacco boxes. The pipes now sold in the streets and public houses are the china bowls and the comic heads the china bowl pipe has a bowl of white stone china which unscrews from a flexible tube or stem as it is sometimes called about a foot long with an imitation amber mouthpiece they are retailed at sixpence each and cost four shillings a dozen at the swag shops the comic heads are of the clay ordinarily used in the making of pipes and cost sixteen pence the dozen or fifteen shillings the gross they are usually retailed at tuppence some of the comic heads may be considered as hardly well described by the name as among them are death's heads and faces of grinning devils the best sale of the comic heads said one man was when the duke put the soldiers pipes out at the barracks wouldn't allow them to smoke there it was a wellington's head with his thumb to his nose taking a sight you know sir they went off capital lots of people that liked their pipe bought em in the public houses especial cause as i heard one man he was a boot closer say it made the old boy a ridiculing of hisself at that time well well really then i can't say how long it's since i sold little bone tobacco stoppers they're seldom asked for now stoppers is quite out of fashion and one of them was a figure of old nosey the duke you know it was intended as a joke you see sir a tobacco stopper there are now nine men selling pipes which they frequently raffle at the public houses it is not unusual for four persons to raffle at a halfpenny each for a comic head the most costly pipes are not now offered in the streets but a few are sold on race-courses i am informed that none of the pipe-sellers depend entirely upon their traffic in those wares but occasionally sell and raffle such things as china ornaments or table covers or tobacco or snuff boxes if therefore we calculate that four persons sell pipes daily the year through taking each twenty-five shillings and clearing ten shillings we find two hundred and sixty pounds yearly expended upon the hawker's pipes the snuff and tobacco boxes disposed of by street traders for they are usually sold by the same individual are bought at the swag shops in a matter of traffic such as snuff-boxes in which the fancy or taste of the purchaser is freely exercised there are of course many varieties the exterior of some presents a series of transverse lines coloured and looking neat enough others have a staring portrait of the queen or of a young lady or a brigand or a man inhaling the pungent dust with evident delight occasionally the adornment is a ruin a farmhouse or a hunting scene the retail price is from fourpence to one shilling and the wholesale three shillings to seven shillings and sixpence the dozen the scotch boxes called holy roods in the trade are also sold in the streets and public houses these are generally the self-colour of the wood the better sort are lined with horn and are or should be remarkable for the closeness and nice adjustments of the hinges or joints they are sold some i was told being german made at the swag shops at three shillings the dozen or fourpence each to six shillings the dozen or eightpence each 
why i calculated said one box-seller that one week when i was short of tin and had to buy single boxes or twos at a time to keep up a fair show of stock the swags got two shillings more out of me than if i could have gone and bought by the dozen i once ventured to buy a very fine holy rood it'll take a man three hours to find out the way to open it if he doesn't know the trick the joints is so contrived but i have it yet i never could get an offer for what it cost me five shillings the tobacco boxes are of brass and iron though often called steel there are three sizes the quarter ounce costing three shillings a dozen the half ounce four shillings and threepence and the ounce five shillings and sixpence a dozen or sixpence halfpenny each these are the prices of the brass the iron which are sized in the same way are from two shillings to three shillings and sixpence a dozen wholesale they are retailed at from threepence to sixpence each the brass being retailed at from fourpence to one shilling all these boxes are opened and shut by pressure on a spring they are partly flat but rounded so as to fit in any pocket the cigar cases are of the same quality as the snuff boxes not the holy roods and cost at the german swag shops three shillings and sixpence the dozen or fourpence halfpenny each they are usually retailed or raffled for on sunday and monday nights at sixpence each but the trade is a small one one branch of this trade concerning which i heard many street sellers very freely express their opinions is the sale of indecent snuff-boxes most of these traders insisted with a not unnatural bitterness that it would be as easy to stop the traffic as it was to stop sunday selling in the park but then gentlemen was accommodated by it they added these boxes and cigar cases are for the most part i am told french the lowest price being two shillings and sixpence a box one man whose information was confirmed to me by others gave me the following account of what had come within his own knowledge there's eight and sometimes nine persons carrying on the indecent trade in snuff-boxes and cigar-cases they make a good bit of money but they're drunken characters and often hard up they've neither shame nor decency they'll tempt lads or anybody they go to public houses which they know is used by fast gents that has money to spare and they watch old and very young gents in the streets or any gents indeed and when they see them loitering and looking after the girls they take an opportunity to offer a spicy snuff-box very cheap it's a trade only among rich people for i believe the indecent sellers can't afford to sell at all under two shillings and sixpence and they ask high prices when they get hold of a green un perhaps one up on a spree from oxford or cambridge well i can't say where they get their goods nor at what price that's their secret they carry them in a box with proper snuff-boxes to be seen when it's opened and the others in a secret drawer beneath or in their pockets you may have seen a stylish shop in oxford street and in the big window is large pipe-heads of a fine quality and on them is painted quite beautiful naked figures of women and their snuff-boxes and cigar-cases of much the same sort but they're nothing to what these men sell i must know for it's not very long since i was forced through distress to colour a lot of the figures i could colour fifty a day i hadn't a week's work at it i don't know what they make perhaps twice as much in a day as in the regular trade can be made in a week 
I was told by one of them that one race day he took fifteen pounds. It's not every day they do a good business, for sometimes they may hawk without ever showing their boxes. But gentlemen will have them if they pay ever so much for them. There's a risk in the trade, certainly. Sometimes the police gets hold of them, but very seldom, and it's three months. Or if the vice society takes it up, it may be twelve months. The two as does best in the trade are women. They carry great lots. They've never been apprehended, and they've been in the trade for years. No, I should say they was not women of the town. They're both living with men, but the men's not in the same trade, and I think is in no trade, just fancy men. So I've understood. I may observe that the generality of the hawkers of indecent prints and cards are women. There are about thirty-five persons selling snuff and tobacco boxes, the greatest sale being of tobacco boxes, and cigar cases, generally with the other things I have mentioned. Of these thirty-five, however, not one half sell snuff-boxes constantly, but resort to any traffic of temporary interest in the public or street public estimation. Some sell only in the evenings. Reckoning that fifteen persons on snuff and tobacco and cigar-boxes alone take eighteen shillings weekly, clearing seven shillings or eight shillings, we find seven hundred and two pounds thus expended. Of the street sellers of cigars. Cigars, I am informed, have constituted a portion of the street trade for upwards of twenty years, having been introduced not long after the removal of the prohibition on their importation from Cuba. It was not, however, until five or six years later that they were at all extensively sold in the streets, but the street trade in cigars is no longer extensive, and in some respects has ceased to exist altogether. I am told by experienced persons that the cigars first vended in the streets and public houses were really smuggled. I say really smuggled, as many now vended under that pretense never came from the smuggler's hands. Well now, sir, said one man, the last time I sold Pickwick's and Cubas a penny apiece, with lights for nothing, was at Greenwich Fair, on the sly rather, and them as I could make believe was buying a smuggled thing bought far freer. Everybody likes a smuggled thing. Note, this remark is only in consonance with what I have heard from others of the same class. End note. In my time I've sold what was smuggled, or made appear as such, but far more in the country than town, to all sorts, to gentlemen and ladies and shopkeepers and parsons and doctors and lawyers. Why, no, sir, I can't say as how I ever sold anything in that way to an excise man. But smuggling will always be liked. It's such a satisfaction to any man to think he's done the tax-gatherer. The price of a cigar, in the earlier stages of the street traffic, was tuppence and threepence. One of the boxes in which these wares are ordinarily packed was divided by a partition, the one side containing the higher and the other the lower-priced article. The division was often a mere trick of trade, in justification of which any street-seller would be sure to cite the precedent of shopkeepers' practices, for the cigars might be the same price wholesale, but the bigger and better-looking were selected as thrupnis, the wery choicest and realest hawanas, as mild as milk and as strong as gunpowder. For such, I am told, was the cry of a then well-known street-trader. The great sale was of the tuppenies, 
as the fusees now so common were unknown and lucifer matches were higher priced and much inferior to what they are at present the cigar seller in most instances carried tow with him a portion of which he kept ignited in a sort of tinder-box and at this the smokers lighted their cigars or the vendor twisted together a little tow and handed it ignited to a customer that if he were walking on he might renew his light if the cigar wouldn't draw a cheaper cigar soon found its way into street commerce only a penny apiece prime cigars and on its first introduction a straw was fitted into it as a mouthpiece cigar tubes were also sold in the streets they were generally of bone and charged from twopence to one shilling each the cigar was fitted into the tube and they were strongly recommended on the score of economy as by means of this tube any gentleman can smoke his cigar to half a quarter of an inch instead of being forced to throw it away with an inch and a half left these tubes have not for a long time been vended in the streets i am told by a person who himself was then engaged in the sale that the greatest number of penny cigars ever sold in the streets in one day was on that of her majesty's coronation june the twenty eighth eighteen thirty eight of this he was quite positive from what he had experienced seen and heard in my opinion said another street seller the greatest injury the street trade in such things had was when the publicans took to selling cigars they didn't at first at least not generally i've sold cigars myself at the bars of respectable houses to gentlemen that was having their glass of ale with a friend and one has said to another come we'll have a smoke and has bought a couple oh no i never was admitted to offer them in a parlour or tap-room that would have interfered with the order for screws note, penny papers of tobacco end note. which is a rattling good profit i can tell you indeed i was looked shy at from behind the bar but if customers chose to buy a landlord could hardly interfere now it's no go at all in such places one common practice among the smarter street seller when on cigars was until of late years and still is occasionally at races and fairs to possess themselves of a few really choice weeds as like as they could procure them to their stock in trade and to smoke one of these as they urged their traffic the aroma was full and delicate and this was appealed to if necessary or as one man worded it the smell was left to speak for itself the street folk who prefer the sale of what is more or less a luxury become by the mere necessities of their calling physiognomists and quick observers and i have no reason to doubt the assertion of one cigar vendor when he declared that in the earlier stages of this traffic he could always and most unerringly in the country pick out the man on whose judgment others seemed to rely and by selling him one of his choice reserve procure a really impartial opinion as to its excellence and so influence other purchasers when the town trade grew stale the usual term for its falling off the cigar sellers had a remunerative field in many parts of the country in london before railways became the sole means of locomotion to a distance the cigar sellers frequented the coaching yards and the outsides frequently bought a cigar to warm their noses of a cold night and sometimes filled their cases if the cigar seller chanced to have the good word of the coachman or guard 
the cigar street trade was started by two jews brothers named benasses who were licensed to deal in tobacco and vended good articles when they relinquished the open-air business they supplied the other street sellers whose numbers increased very rapidly the itinerant cigar vending was always principally in the hands of the jews but the general street traders resorted to the traffic on all occasions of public resort such times observed one as fairs and races and crownations and queen's weddings i wish they came a bit oftener for the sake of trade the manufacture of the cigars sold at the lowest rates is now almost entirely in the hands of the jews and i am informed by a distinguished member of that ancient faith that when i treat of the hebrew children employed in making cigars there will be much to be detailed of which the public have little cognizance and little suspicion the cigars in question are bought wholesale in petticoat lane rosemary lane ailey street tenter ground in goodman's fields and similar localities the kinds in chief demand are pickwicks seven shillings and eight shillings per pound cubas eight shillings and sixpence common havannas and bengal cheroots the same price but the bengal cheroots are not uncommonly smuggled the best places for cigar selling one man stated i've always found to be out of town about greenwich and shooters hill and to the gents going to kensington gardens and such like places about the eagle tavern was good too as well as the streets leading to the surrey zoological one could whisper cheap cigar sir half what they'll charge you inside i've known young women treat their young men to cigars as they were going to cremorne or other public places but there's next to no trade that way now and hasn't been these five or six years i don't know what stopped it exactly i've heard it was shopkeepers that had licenses complaining of street people as hadn't and so the police stopped the trade as much as they could at all the neighbouring races and fairs and at any great gathering of people in town cigars are sold more with the affectation than the reality of its being done quite on the sly the retail price is one penny each and three for twopence some of the cheap cigars are made to run two hundred and even as high as two hundred and thirty to the pound a fusee is often given into the bargain i am told that on all favourable opportunities there are still one hundred persons who vend cigars in the streets of london while a greater number of london hands carry on the trade at epsom and ascot races at other periods the business is all but an entity to clear one pound a week is considered good work at one period on every fine sunday there were not i am assured fewer than five hundred persons selling cigars in the open air in london and its suburbs of the street sellers of sponge this is one of the street trades which has been long in the hands of the jews and unlike the traffic in pencils sealing wax and other articles of which i have treated it remains so principally still in perhaps no article which is a regular branch of the street trade is there a greater diversity in the price and quality than in sponge the street sellers buy it at one shilling occasionally sixpence and as high as twenty-one shillings the pound at one time i believe about twenty years back when fine sponge in large pieces was scarce and dear 
some street sellers gave twenty-eight shillings the pound or in buying a smaller quantity two shillings an ounce i have sold sponge of all sorts said an experienced street seller both fine toilet fit for any lady or gentleman and coarse stuff not fit to groom a ass with that very common sponge is mostly one shilling the pound wholesale but it's no manner of use it's so sandy and gritty it weighs heavy or there might be a better profit on it it has to be trimmed up and damped for showing it and then it always feels hask note harsh end note to the hand it rubs to bits in no time there was an old gent what i served with sponges and he was very particular and the best customer i ever had for his housekeeper bought her leathers of me like a deal of old coves that has nothing to do and doesn't often stir out but idles away time in reading or pottering about a garden he was fond of a talk and he'd give me a glass of something short as if to make me listen to him for i used to get fidgety and he'd talk away stunning he's dead now he's told me and more nor once that sponges was more of a animal than a vegetable continued the incredulous street seller i do believe people reads theirselves silly such blank nonsense does it look like a animal where's its head and its nose he'd better have said it was a fish and it's not a vegetable neither but i'll tell you what it is sir and from them as has seen it where it's got with their own eyes i have some relations as is seafaring men and i went a voyage once myself when a lad one of my relations has seen it gathered by divers i forget where from the rocks at the bottom and shores of the sea and he says it's just sea moss stuff as grows there as moss does to old walls in england that's what it is sir as it's grown in the water it holds water you see i've made fifteen shillings on sponge alone in a good week when i had a good stock but oftener i've made only ten shillings and sometimes not five shillings my best trade is at private houses a little ways out of town i've heard gents say a good sponging's as good as a bath and when i could get good things cheap they'd be sure to sell no i never did much at the mews another man told me that he once bought a large quantity of sponge at sixpence the pound trimmed it up as well as he could and got a man to help him and the two worked it off in barrows there was six barrows full and as one was emptied it was replenished it was sold at one penny and twopence a lump about twenty lumps or pieces going to a pound so that there was fourteen pence profit on what cost sixpence even on the penny lumps he had forgotten the exact amount he cleared and he and his mate sold it all in one summer's evening but it was somewhere about ten shillings this happened some years ago when the common sponge which i heard called also honeycomb sponge was not so blown upon as my informant expressed it as it is now on my asking this man as to the proportion of jews in this trade he answered well many a day i'm satisfied there's a hundred people selling sponges and i should say that for every ten or twelve jews is one christian and half of them or more has been in some sort of service i mean the christians has most likely stable helpers and they supplies the mews and the job and livery stables such as them as requires men to find their own sponges but that's only a few sponges is mostly bought for such places at the saddlers and other shops 
in my opinion sir jews is better christians than christians themselves for they help one another and we don't i've been helped by a jew myself without any connection with them they're terrible keen hands at a bargain though the sponge in the street trade is purchased wholesale chiefly in houndsditch the wholesale trade in sponge i may add is also in the hands of the jews the great mart is smyrna the best qualities being gathered in the islands of the greek archipelago the sponge is carried by the street traders in baskets the bearer holding a specimen piece or two in his hand smaller pieces are sometimes carried in nets and nets were more frequently in use for this purpose than at present it is nearly all sold by itinerants in the business parts as well as the suburbs the purchasers being shopkeepers innkeepers gentlemen and gentlemen's servants sometimes low-priced sponge is offered in a street market on a saturday or monday night but very rarely as it is a thing little used by the poor a little is sold to the cabmen at their stands the sponge sellers i may add when going a regular round offer their wares to any passer-by a little is done by the jews in bartering sponge for old clothes there are five or six women in the trade i have reason to believe that the estimate of my informant as to the number of sponge sellers is correct but some sell sponge only occasionally some make it only a portion of their business and others vend it only when they have it at a bargain calculating then that only fifty persons so allowing for the irregularities in the trade vend sponge daily and that each takes fifteen shillings weekly some taking twenty-five shillings and others but five shillings with about half profit on the whole the common sponge is often from two hundred to three hundred per cent profit we find the outlay to be one thousand nine hundred and fifty pounds end of section seventy nine